0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Our message today, you've got to show up to win. And the text, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 24th and 25th verses. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, there are many contests that that happen, and, and you can't win unless you go in to get the reward or the award. So that's the whole point of this passage as far as I'm concerned. How often do you make it to church? Maybe you go every once in a while, or maybe you're committed to going every week, but maybe this radio station is how you worship. Now, there could be lots of reasons that you can't get to church as often as you'd like, but I've been thinking about this a lot, and I just want you to know you need to go to church. You need to go to church if you have to ask somebody for a ride. You need to go to church if if somebody has to bring it to you. You've got to be there to benefit. You've got to participate to prosper. You've got to show up to win, just like those contests that, that you win, but you have to go in to get the prize. We are saved into the body of Christ, and you have to be in the body to win. The writer of Hebrews is very concerned about people who are not showing up. That's what this text is about. He writes, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You see, there were people falling away from the faith all over the place in the early church. They had lost their enthusiasm. This writer wants to rally the troops. He says, you have to stick together. And that's the theme of this, this entire letter really showing up. It's written as encouragement to these second-generation Christians who are mainly Jews. By now, the gospel has spread out into the world. But some of the folks who started you know, earlier want, want to go back to their Jewish traditions. They want to do their own thing. So the writer of Hebrews reminds them in this letter, there are three things you need to know. You've got to draw near to Christ. You've got to hold fast to the faith. And you've got to consider how to spur each other on encourage each other in love and good deeds. This is not the time to give up. You've got to show up to win. The power of this letter is is in its definition of winning. You see, the letter to the Hebrews focuses its attention on the basics. It's not like many of the moves that you hear about today that, that, are, that are put together to build up the church. You know, there are a lot of people who talk about church membership falling, and that's true in the mainstream churches, though in many uh, other kinds of churches. In Pentecostal churches, the numbers are growing, but in many of the, you know, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist churches, mainstream churches really are having a hard time keeping big numbers, with some exceptions. But those who promote this church growth as an industry are mainly concerned about the cosmetics of faith, so they'll tell you if you have bigger TV screens, or if you have famous praise and worship teams, or or if you just know lots and lots of young people and do things to to bring in the young people, then you will win. I went down to Atlanta and I saw Creflo Dollar's church in Atlanta. Oh my goodness! It was my first time. You've probably been there. There is a Sunday school building, there is a Bible study building, there is an administration building. He has thirty. 1000 members. I I was blown away and I kept thinking, boy, at Rock's Press, we only have well, let's just say we don't have 30,000 people. His sanctuary actually looks like the Superdome. And so I'm sure that there are many churches like mine that the leadership is saying, well, what can we do to get bigger? But the writer of Hebrews says, you can go through all those cosmetics if you want to. But here's how he's building his case. He writes, the reason people come to church is Christ. Not the TV screens, not the praise and worship team. It's Christ. You don't come to church because Reverend Liz used to be on TV. You don't come to church because there's a fabulous new guest soloist. The winning formula in church, the winning formula of Christianity is Christ. Hebrews 1, 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And so this writer is saying that Christ is greater than anything you know, folks. Christ is greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. The superiority of Christ supersedes anything and everything. This is why we do church. And this is how we win. Christ alone can give us salvation. Christ alone can forgive our sins. Christ alone can bring us joy and peace don't get caught up in the hype. Winning is Christ. The real power of this letter is that the same message that was written to the Hebrews 2,000 years ago still applies today. You know, there's a lot of anxiety in this country. I'm sure you have noticed it. It, it comes across on television monitors, news reporters, because there's terrorist attacks and there's you know police shootings and just a lot of things that make us anxious. And this writer says that church is where you go to get rid of that anxiety. Verse ten twenty three. hold unswervingly to the hope we professed. Christ alone is faithful when you get anxious and when you get worried and when things just seem to overwhelm you, I want you to remember where the real hope comes in. It doesn't come in the political uh, parties. It doesn't come through uh, national security. And I have nothing against any of that. But I'm saying the real hope comes in Christ. And it is in church where you learn this truth. And more importantly, learn to trust it. You got to go to church. You got to show up to win wherever you are whoever you are whatever you believe now this sounds like a commercial for Prez, and i would like each and every one of you to come we're at 328 warren street but that is not the point of this message the point is we are all called to the body of christ so whatever excuse you're using for not going to church and you know who you are you've got to show up to win i am so Thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on giving. Thank you. God bless you. You've got to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Christ alone is faithful. This is the church's message. This is the message of our faith, but you can't uh, separate those. You can't have the Bible without the church, you can't have church without the Bible. Because the Bible's message is to the body of Christ. Now, this writer is not simply concerned that we hope. He writes that we should hold unswervingly to the hope. The Greek word there is unwavering. Uh, it refers to an upright object that never changes from its true angles. It's perpendicular. It remains the same regardless of what happens. Where do we learn that kind of uh, fortitude, that kind of power? In church. You know, there's a lot of talk these days over the, all over the country from sociologists and psychologists and community leaders about resilience. The Rockefeller Foundation has doled out millions of dollars to 100 cities, including Boston, to improve their resilience. Now, this is defined as a way to get through, to spring back from natural disasters like earthquakes and fires, and also from some of the increasing social stresses that weaken the fabric of a city. Rising unemployment, inefficient public transportation, violence, those are the issues that are in my neighborhood, but those are the issues that are in every neighborhood. And so leaders are trying to come up with strategies to help whole communities respond to these kind of adverse events. Uh, resilience is, is really a hot topic among cities today. But I don't know what can produce resilience better than going to church. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. That is what the Bible teaches us, and that is what the community of God can shout out in truth. Hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but never abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You learn that not at home. You learn that in church. Resilience, the ability to bounce back. That's what we need. As we mature in our relationship with Christ, we mature in our self-control, in our emotion regulation, in our optimism. That's where this hope comes from. That's where it comes in. It. We live our hope day to day in the body of Christ. You learn to live your hope through every activity in the church, through the life of the church, through the fellowship with other believers. That's the reason we have funerals, not only to honor the dead, and we definitely do that because of that but to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess Christ alone is faithful in the church in the body of Christ we need to learn this and this is offered to us no matter what church you go to because this is the essence of our of our faith as Christians but you have to show up in order to absorb this to gain from it to grow from it and that's why this text includes the admonition to consider how to spur each other on by love and good deeds. Now, this notion, considering, that means that's what you're going to do before you move, before you act. You're going to find the same word in the NIV Bible. It says, fix your eyes on. To consider means fix your eyes on. And it's not just talking about the eyes of your, of your face and your head. It's the eyes of your heart. So considering how to spur each other on in love means that I'm, before I'm going to try to spur you on in love, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to meditate on you. I'm going to think about who you are and what the needs are in your life and, and what you have to bear. We have relationship with each other. Stirring each other on, that means to provoke each other, to incite each other. You know, you usually think of people inciting a riot, but this is a word used for positive action. It means that love doesn't just happen, it needs to be worked out, even provoked. We have to stir each other on in love. We are responsible for each other. And we have to teach the world that, but we have to learn it first, and that's what happens when you go to church. You've got to show up to learn to love. You've got to show up in order to learn how to witness. You've got to show up to, to know what fellowship is all about. Don't just say, I used to go to church, or sometimes I go to church. Wherever you go to church, go. You have to show up to win. And don't forget, RPC is at 328 Warren Street in Roxbury. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love